Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in New York. I'm Amy Keene. Today we're bringing you a story from America's heartland, the Midwestern state of Kansas. U.S. voters will head to the polls tomorrow for the highly anticipated midterm elections. And there are a number of battleground races to watch, one of them being Kansas's third congressional district. What's happening there is happening in a lot of places across the U.S. Many traditional Republican suburban voters are rejecting politicians who've aligned themselves with President Trump. And in some cases, they're rallying behind non-traditional candidates as a sort of referendum on the president's policies. The FT's Jennifer Siegel spoke with data journalist Brooke Fox, who's been covering this race. Brooke grew up in Kansas near the district, and last month, she went back to talk to voters. So, Brooke, tell me about Kansas City. For someone who's never been there, what do they need to know about this district? So the city sits on the border of Kansas and Missouri. The third congressional district in Kansas City is mostly made up of the suburbs of the city. It's pretty well known in the area as being a more affluent district, although it does include more urban, less affluent areas as well. But on the whole, you see higher levels of income, higher levels of education than you would see in other districts in the state. A lot of people that currently live in Kansas City generally have family roots somewhere in farming. And a lot of them have moved to the city as a result of job opportunity there that is in more of the professional and management industry versus in the agricultural industry. And give us a sense of the political landscape there. What does voter registration look like in this district? It's pretty close to being split down the middle, slightly more majority to the Republican side. This district is not representative of the rest of the state because the rest of the state represents more rural districts. This district is representative of what you find in other suburban districts around the country. So areas close to big cities. I think I've offhand counted maybe five or six suburban districts where you're seeing a Democratic challenger out polling a Republican incumbent. And that's that is happening across the country, not necessarily just in Kansas. Right. And we seem to be seeing a trend where Republicans who have historically been in safer seats are facing competitive challengers on the left. But let's talk about the key race in this district. It's for a seat in the House of Representatives. Tell me about the candidates. So Kevin Yoder, this is his fifth time running to be a congressman for this district. And he is pretty well known for being a budget guy. He's fairly moderate compared with other Republicans. And he is facing a very strong challenge from a woman named Sharice Davids. She's lesbian, she's a Native American woman, and she's also a former professional MMA fighter. So she's sort of a surprising candidate. She's never run for office before, but she did work as a fellow in the White House in the Department of Transportation. So she does have some political experience in her background. So you talked to quite a few voters in this district. One of them was a man named Steve Rose, and he's pretty frustrated with Kevin Yoder, the incumbent. Tell me a little bit more about Steve and what he told you. Steve Rose is a columnist in the Kansas City area who has voted for Kevin every time he's run in the past. But this year he's frustrated because he thinks that the congressman is voting too closely aligned with Donald Trump's policies and that that's not reflective of what the district wants. It's a moderate community. And Kevin used to be a moderate, but he's no longer a moderate. He's now Trump Jr., The more he's in step with Trump, the more he's out of step with his district. Steve Rose told me that 
there's nothing that Kevin Yoder has really done to merit a frustrated public. That what they're frustrated with is Donald Trump. And the more closely he is viewed as being aligned with him is where he, he's going to run into trouble. So voters there seem to be issuing a sort of referendum on the president. I put the referendum question to several people in the district, and they all emphatically said, yes, this is a referendum on the president. And this idea of a referendum, what's the driving force behind it? I did talk to quite a few people who are moderate Republicans themselves, and a lot of them are switching party lines to vote for the Democrat. They just like to see someone stand up to Donald Trump, essentially. I don't think that Donald Trump necessarily appeals to a lot of these more centrist voters in these suburban districts. Now, the narrative we've heard throughout this election cycle is that the president doesn't appeal to a lot of women in these suburban districts. And another pattern we've been seeing is that candidates like Sharice Davids seem to be benefiting from their frustration. What did you learn about women in this area? I got the sense that a lot of the women voters that I talked with are frustrated with Trump specifically for what they view as a misogynistic tone. So, for example, Ellen Porter, whom I spoke with, has lived in Kansas since she was four years old. She registered as a Republican when she was 18. She mentioned that Chris Kobach, who is the gubernatorial candidate, who many see as being very closely aligned with Trump, he made some comments about the League of Women Voters that Ellen viewed as being condescending. One of his direct quotes regarding the League of Women Voters was that they were just a bunch of communists. And when I read that, I thought, I think I'll join those communists. I think I'll join them. So that's what really kind of got me into it, because I thought, well, how ridiculous is that? And so she, she decided to sort of take action, take political action with her vote. She decided this last spring to switch her registration to vote as a Democrat. She did tell me she may switch back after this election, which I think is important to point out. She also said she's not voting straight Democrat all the way down the ticket. And I think you find this with a lot of moderate voters that are switching sides is they're going to be voting a little bit of mixed ticket. That means that they're voting person by person, not necessarily in line with the party. So, Brooke, you're originally from a small town outside of Kansas City. What stood out to you when you were back there covering this race? It surprised me, having grown up there and knowing how red the state has traditionally been, that people were telling me that they were going to vote for a Democrat. Not that we haven't had Democratic congressmen and governors in the past, but that it was so much more organized and such a larger majority than I would be used to from the place I grew up and you kind of tend to think people are set in their ways but they're not people want change especially right now so with all this in mind tell us how things are looking for tomorrow are there any outcomes we can expect to see in Kansas City or in other parts of the country It's difficult to say. This increase in polarization has caused people to be far less willing to advertise who they're going to vote for. So you have this phenomenon of quiet Republicans, people that are planning to vote for Kevin Yoder, the incumbent, that just aren't as willing to put a bumper sticker on their car or a yard sign in their yard because the political debate has become so intense that They'd rather just not get into it with their friends and neighbors. Kansans especially are more private in that sense. The election hasn't happened yet, so I'm not going to call it either way, but it's looking like you're going to have more of a democratic wave, as they're calling it, just because people who are more independent or moderate voters don't want to see more of Trump 
Brooke, thank you for sharing your reporting with us. Thanks for having me. That was FT data journalist Brooke Fox discussing her reporting on the U.S. midterm elections. You can read Brooke's story at FT.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another news feature. But in the meantime, if you're not already an FT subscriber and would like to take a look at our latest subscription offer, you can go to FT.com forward slash offer.